0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. I found that sometimes it's best when you're in the middle of a storm just to praise Him anyhow. Um, I don't... I don't know how to make things right or to to fix stuff, but I know that Jesus can. I just want to thank you, Lord, for every time that you've heard me pray. I just want to thank you, Lord always been there, when I was so down and out, you came along, made me want to shout, just want to thank you, Lord, thank You've only got one life to give Him. One life is all you've got. But if I had a thousand lives to live, I'd live them all for you, Lord. You've been so good to me. Well, That is the least. That I could afford. You've made the good times outnumber the bad. You've been the best friend that I've ever had. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Turn with us now to Psalms chapter number 1. Psalms chapter number 1. I'm going to read the entire chapter. Don't be afraid. If you're a Bible reader, you know that's only six verses. Psalms chapter number 1. Appreciate the Word of God. It's been an encouragement to me in the last uh, several weeks as we've just studied in the Psalms. Um, You know, the Psalms of David and the few others that helped write a, some of the other psalms. These are spiritual songs. Now, we don't put many of them to, to music, but the, the Hebrews did. The Jews did. And they sing them still today. These are spiritual psalms. And so, I want you to, to follow along with us this morning in Psalms chapter number 1. We'll begin verse number 1. Blessed is the man... That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his day, in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. Father, open our hearts to this truth today. We cannot make ourselves blessed. We cannot experience the power of blessing from you. It's just the gift that you give. And so we yield. We repent. And we adhere, God, to this law, to this truth. We pray that you would help us, Father, to meditate in it day and night, to delight in your word, Lord, to heed to the warnings of those things not to do. And, Lord, we're trusting you that in this simple truth that we might all be, as the psalmist said, blessed. Thank you for what you're going to do. And for those that are in need, we trust God that your word will fill that need. We believe it power, Lord alone, it's power. We trust the moving of your spirit, Lord, that that unction, that word might find its place in every heart. Thank you for what you're going to do as we ask it earnestly in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen. In this particular psalm, as in Psalms 32, Thomas David said, blessed is the man. Now, the term blessed, I, I want us to take just a minute and make certain that we understand what it is that he's saying. Uh, in Psalms 32, what he said was, is, blessed is the man in, whom, in, in whose sins have been forgiven. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord doth not impute iniquity. And in the message Wednesday night that we preached on Psalms thirty two, and I, I got to preach it again this morning on the radio, but in Psalms thirty two we find that a man is truly blessed when his sins are gone, when his sins have been forgiven, and you'll recall from Wednesday night that that the truth of our sins being gone is all in the work of Jesus Christ. That he shed blood is what hath forgiven of sins. It's made the atonement that we could not make. Jesus paid my sin debt. He is therefore the propitiation for our sins. But not only is the man blessed, and I'm going to get to the definition of blessed again here in a minute, but, but not only is he blessed in knowing that his sins are forgiven, but he's blessed when he prays and repents of his sins daily, right? Even though my sins have been forever cleansed, Brother Paul, I have a responsibility every day to acknowledge where I have come short. And believe me, I come short. I miss the mark. I I, I don't get it done. It's not just the things I do. It's the things I don't do that convince me of sin. And I find myself every day in a position where in tears I have to admit that I'm still in this flesh a sinner and that there are times that I fall short of the glory of God. I simply miss it. And yet we find in the word of God, the Bible said, that if I would confess my sins, that he was faithful and just because of the work Jesus did, he is faithful and just to forgive me of all my sin and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Now, I want you to know today, the old timers called it being right with God. And I believe it's just a good term and we ought to stick to it. Man ought to be right with God, right in your heart. Right? Let me say something today. You can't be right with God if you ain't right with your neighbor. Amen. Now, you won't get around that truth. If you ain't right with your neighbor, you won't be right with God. That's forever the struggle in the flesh. But Psalms 32 was a blessedness which I believe by definition is the emotional and spiritual joy and contentment that comes from being his. Now, there's people that have blessings and and if you want to call them blessings, all of the earthly materialism that can be acquired down here, a lot of people consider those blessings. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not very grateful for a place to live and something to drive and something to eat and clothes to wear. I want you to know that I acknowledge God is the giver of all of those things. And I thank him when I sit down in my vehicle. Often I thank him that it starts. I thank him when, I, when I'm when i knelt or, or when we bow our heads over over a simple meal, right? It may be peanut butter and jelly, but I want you to know I am thankful that He provides for me. But let me share something with you: He provides for the lost, the same as He does the saved. In that regard, the Bible said it like this: that He reigns on the just and the unjust. Right? He He sends His sunshine. To the believer and the unbeliever. God is good. God is good. And blessed is the man whose sins have been forgiven. Now, I want you to know, I said all that because it's important to recognize as we go to Psalms chapter 1, we're going to change gears. But if you don't have Psalms 32 taken care of, Psalms 1 is irrelevant. We can talk about being blessed in living for God, doing the work. But if you've never been born again, Psalms 1 will never come to pass, right? Because you're not, until you're born again, friend, your sins are still accountable. Your sins have not been dealt with. To truly know what it means to be blessed in the eyes of God and blessed among this people, friend, you've got to be saved. It begins with Psalms 32. It begins with understanding that all blessings come from the fact that I have been to Calvary and the blood of Jesus Christ has washed away all my sins. Now may I say to you today, that makes me spiritually and emotionally full of joy and contentment. And I believe that's the blessedness that the psalmist David wants us to see today. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So what follows Psalms 32, what follows being born again, everybody knows this, but I'm going to say it again. The the minute you get saved, that ain't the end, right? You didn't just get saved and then park it somewhere and and then it's all on you. I believe, according to the scripture, that there's a work to be done. And I believe he gives us all gifts at that very moment when we're born again that all of us inherit from God for whatever his purposes and reason, reason is, he gives us things to do. But not just that, which is particular to each one of us, but then there's also those things that generally, universally, he's given his children to do. And I believe all of those things we're accountable for. God expects me to live a certain way. He expects me to love you, right, regardless of you. He expects me to love you. He expects me to love him. And he expects me to dwell among the brethren in unity and peace of the spirit. He expects me to repent. He's expecting me, As the best way to put it, he's expecting me to live right. To live right. And I believe that's what David was saying in Psalms chapter 1, is that when it comes to being blessed of God, that we're going to have to live it. Right? Not just talk it. There's a lot of people want to talk about living for God, but the proof is in your living. The proof is not just saying you do. The Bible said a man can say he has faith. But just saying it does not prove it. What James said was, is your life will prove your faith. Your life will prove whether or not you believe God, right? Uh, some said it like this, put your money where your mouth is, right? In other words, back up what you're saying. If you, can't, if you can't walk it, you needn't talk it. And we got a lot of people today, right? You ask people if they're going to heaven, everybody's going to heaven. Everybody thinks they're getting there somehow. Everybody thinks that somehow or another they're going to get to go to heaven. May I say today that that ain't the word of God, right? That's not accurate. It's not true. It's not what the Bible says. The only way that you get to heaven is to be born again. And apart from that, you don't go to heaven. You go to hell, right? And that's just the truth of it. But if you ever get saved, if you're saved today, here's what I can tell you. What will bring that additional blessedness in your life is then living it, walking it, being what it is that God's called you to be. Now, in the first two verses, we're gonna find clear instruction from the psalmist. What he's gonna say in verse number one is what not to do. And then in verse number two, he's gonna tell you what to do. And I believe we ought to pay attention to what it is that he's saying. I believe that it's helpful for you and I, amen, to wake up every day knowing that our names are written in heaven. There ought to be some kind of importance and urgency in our heart that when we get up and we go, that we go for God, that we do what we do for him, that whatever it is, we do it, as the scripture said, as unto the Lord. Now, I can't live your life for you and you can't live mine. But I believe there's some clear instruction in the word of God. And the Bible said if we do this. The psalmist was saying, look, he said, I've tried this. If you'll do it, he said, you'll experience the blessedness that comes from God. Now, I'm going to ask a simple question. And it seems, it seems redundant. I get it. But it's important to me to ask it. Now, don't raise your hand. But I'm going to ask you the question, would you like to be blessed? Now, I don't believe there's anybody, if I just asked you one-on-one, would you like to be blessed? You're going to say, no, Lord, no, I don't want to be blessed. That'd be awful to be blessed. Nobody's going to say that. Everybody in their right mind would would say, I want to be blessed. As a matter of fact, everybody that goes out here and they get up and they do what they do, most of them are going about it just so they, they can be blessed. Now, I believe that their blessings are in things of this world and it'll ultimately fail them. Right? There's a great deal of disappointment in this world because you think your blessings come from stuff. You think your blessings come from relationships. Right? You think your blessings are something that is manufactured, that is earthly obtained. I want to clear that up with you today. Blessings are from God, and that ain't of this world. Now, I consider all those good things that God does, and I'm grateful for them all. I want you to know that. But here's what I also want you to know, that what we're talking about today are the spiritual blessings. The blessedness that comes from being a child of God. Number one, being washed in his blood, right? a name written in heaven, that's a blessed condition. But I'm telling you today that you can sacrifice that blessedness when you refuse to live right on a daily basis. How many know today that to serve God is not something that you do on Sunday, but it's something you do on every day? Every day, right? Every day that ends with "why" is the day that you worship God, that you serve God, that you live for God, you walk for God, you read his word, you pray to God. You say, preacher, you you think that I've got to be some kind of saint. Brother, the Bible said you've already been made a saint. If you're a child of God, you're an heir to the throne, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'll tell you right now, you can't be elevated to any higher position according to God. You're one of God's own youngins. Praise the Lord. Amen. You're one of his children today and bless God through the work of Jesus Christ, you have been blessed. But I'm saying that you can also be blessed through daily living for Jesus Christ. The Bible said in Romans chapter number 12 Verse number one, he said, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and here's what he said. He said, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want you to know today, there is nothing greater, there is nothing more blessed than to live right. Oh, it's so unpopular today. Right? Because I'm telling you, every, when, when people think about what it means to live right with God, they think somehow or another that that, that that you might as well just take some kind of downer. Right? Because if you're gonna live for God, it's gonna be woe is me. It's gonna be it's gonna be, oh, it is so awful, I can't do what I wanna do. I'll tell you right now, since I got saved, my wanna do's changed. My don't want to do's got changed the very instant I become a child of God. I became, brothers, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you right now, I don't find that the Christian life is a downer. I find that when I walk for God, that I am blessed in his name. Amen. I am blessed. I am blessed. Amen. It, it, when you come across a Christian that is truly trying to live for God, now, I'm not suggesting any one of you are perfect. As a matter of fact, I know different. Every one of us have got problems. We've all got faults. But I can tell you right now, I know the ones that are trying and I know the ones that are ain't. You say, how do you know? Because the ones trying have got some joy still. There's joy in there. You say, does, does the work itself produce the joy? Nope. But the work is, it has a consequence. Right? The work itself has fruit. And when we do the work of God, there is a fruit that is born. And oh, thank God, it is joy. You say, how so? Just by doing the work of God. I tell you, there's all kinds of people trying to rationalize the sin that they're involved in. People say, oh, well, I love her, so that means I can live with her. Not true. Not true. Huh? And they think, well, I'll never be happy unless I'm with her or with him or living that way. How in the world do you expect me? I'm telling you right now, if you'll do it God's way, you'll find out what the psalmist was talking about. Blessed is the man. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in doing it the other way. I've just found, you see, that that when we do it the the devil's way, that there's heartache and disappointment and struggle and misery. I don't know how we get so ignorant at times, but we follow after the things of this world, thinking that it will bless us. There ain't nothing in this world that will bless you. Everything that is contrary to the word of God and the will of God, I can assure you, will bring you misery, disappointment, and struggle. Amen? Amen. How many's lived long enough and tried enough to know that that's a simple truth? You can't follow the devil and expect the roses. It won't happen. The blessings of God that come to you and I come because we are what? We're obedient to the word of God. Number one. Number one. The psalmist said there's some things that we do not do. If you want to be blessed, he said, there are some things that we need, to, we need to get set in our mind that we do not want to do. Number one, the Bible said that it, he said here, he said, do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, I can tell you that the ungodly will counsel and they do counsel. Right, They're on TV counseling. They're everywhere you turn. They're counseling. They're trying to tell you you can live like this. You can live like that. You can be this. You can do that. And they say as long as it feels good, do it. Everything's all right. Nobody cares. It's all about you. What I'm saying to you today is that's all a lie. You cannot... Set, you cannot walk, you cannot stand all of these things when we abide by the counsel of the ungodly oh, here 's what i 'm here to tell you it 's going to fail you it will not bless you it is not good what the what the psalmist is trying to teach us here is that if we we'll, if we 'll heed to the word of god you 'll find the blessedness you 'll find the joy and the contentment that comes both emotionally and spiritually into our lives, you'll find that very thing that undergirds us and brings us the happiness or the peace that most men and women are looking for. I tell you today, you cannot get that from the counsel of the world. Now, you say, what in the world am I supposed to do with that? Well, I believe that we gotta be careful that we renounce the companionship of the unbeliever. They say, well, wait just a minute. I thought I was supposed to be light and salt to this world. You are. But it does not mean that you acquiesce to the counsel of the ungodly in doing it. As a matter of fact, as salt and light, you are conversely the very opposite of what they are. Just your presence, amen, brings light into a dark place. Just your presence and the word that dwells within you brings salt to a world that needs curing. May I say to you today that a man that is blessed before God is a man that will not adhere to the counsel of the ungodly. As a matter of fact, Romans 12 and 2, which I've already read to you, said, be not conformed. Be not conformed to the things of this world. He said, no, but rather be ye transformed. Transformed, different. Are you different today? When you go to work, do do those people that you work with, do they know you're even a Christian? Does your lifestyle Say to the rest of the world around you that I am a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. You can't, you can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. No, he said, listen, if you want to be blessed, if you want to experience the blessing of God, number one, you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And I tell you, they all got their opinion and they all want you to walk how they walk, but there's no blessedness in it. Number two, things we should not do. He said, do not stand in the way of sinners. Don't stand in their way to be picked up by them, but keep as far from them as if they were the person that was infected. The very thing that crossed my mind as I was trying to study that particular passage is that we are all about social distancing today. Well, let me back up. Some of us are. Some of us ain't. Some of us care. Some of us don't. But we understand the term, right? Because up till two years ago, I didn't even know what social distancing was. But we all know what social distancing is now. The Bible said that we're that we're, we're not supposed to 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 be in that place, right? Spiritually, if we're not to walk in the council. Of the ungodly, he said, don't stand in the way of sinners, right? And, and not, not in their way as if you're, you're keeping them from something. But, but the way they're walking, don't get in that way. That way is not his way. And you're not to stand in that way. Now, let's, let's change it from social distancing and refer to this one as spiritual distancing. To be a witness for Jesus Christ does not mean I need to go to the bar on Saturday night and get drunk with them. Huh? Right, we know better than that. I don't need to stand in that way. I don't need to pattern my life as if I am a lost man to win a lost man. It's not necessary. As a matter of fact, if I do, then what I have done is acquiesce to the old way, which I have renounced through believing in Jesus Christ, and I have turned and gone a different way. And so what you'll find is, is there is no blessedness in the way of the sinner. In that way of walking, in that way of living, there is no blessedness for the child of God. Number three. The Bible said not to walk, not to stand, but here in the last part of verse number one, he says not to sit. He said, I don't want you to sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, you know why all you're sitting right now? Because it's more comfortable. How would you like it if we said, all right, no pews tonight. We're taking all the pews out. When you come tonight, everybody got to stand. No sitting. We even pad these things. Why? Because it's more comfortable. It's very easy to get comfortable with sin. And you know what? When you get comfortable with sin, you know what you'll do? You'll sit with it. You'll just plop right down. And you'll get comfortable with something that you are not meant to be comfortable with. Now, just because the world's doing it does not mean I got to get used to it. Just because the counsel of the wicked says this does not mean I have to like it when I hear it or believe it when I hear it or accept it when I hear it. According to the psalmist, he is saying to be blessed of God, you don't walk with the sinner, you don't stand in the sinner's way, and you sure don't sit with them and get comfortable with sin. Now, the people that are walking, standing, and sitting with the sinner, I can assure you right now, they're not experiencing the blessedness of the Christian life. Ask them. I can guarantee you they're miserable. They're not right with God, and they know it. Right? We learned all that in Psalms 32. There, there's conviction in their life, and they have lost all their peace, and they have lost their joy. Now, not only does our joy and peace come from knowing that our sins are forgiven, but our joy and peace comes from walking for him every day. See, there's a personal responsibility that I have to live right. To live right. To walk right. To talk right. And that responsibility, listen to me, brings blessedness. It brings blessing into your life when you stay the course. All right? Verse number one was the things that we do not do. Verse number two are the things that we are to do. What did he say? And he said they're to meditate in the law of the Lord, right? He said they're to delight in it and they're to meditate on it day and night. Well, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, reading the Word of God or hearing the Word of God and... or or exposing yourself to the preaching of the Word of God, that these are things that, you know, really, they may not appeal to the flesh. But here's what I can tell you. If you'll allow your spirit, right, if you'll allow that inward man to be fed daily by his Word, often through the preaching of his Word, often through the conversation of other godly people, if you will allow yourself to be a part of the Word of God, meditate upon it, delight in it, I believe you'll find that it is a blessed life to live. Amen. Blessed. Blessed. Well, people want to live the way they want to live, right? And they'll do what they want to do. But <laughs> the truth is, is, verse number three, is that there's there's consequences to both ways. Right? If if you want to live the way of a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, he's given us some some quick things that we're to don't not do and things we are to do. But here he gives us the reward for it, right? Blessedness is certainly one of them. But in verse number three, he said, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall also not wither, and whatsoever he doth, he'll prosper. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what the world preaches about being blessed, right? Is it... If, you know, some of them falsely preach that if, if you're prospering, that means the Lord is blessing you. And if you're not prospering, you're not blessed of God. And you know, what they're talking about is, is material, material things. And we know that's not true, right? I, I've known plenty of people didn't have two nickels to share and were as happy in the Lord as they could be, right? It ain't stuff that'll ever make you happy. But here he said that the person that follows Jesus, f- lives for Jesus, right? You're, you're you're trying to walk his way. You're going to experience some things that are simply simply the result of godly living. Number one, he said you'll be like a tree that's planted by the waters. In another place in the Psalms it says that you shall not be moved. Ain't that blessed? For those that will walk in the path of the godly, what they're going to find is that you'll end up with roots that are deep. Amen. So the storms and the winds and the trouble of this world, they don't uproot you and send you over right back into the camp of the wicked. No, what we find is is that walking for God is a blessedness that anchors us in Jesus and produces in us a joy and a contentment that only he can give. Tree planted by the waters. Not moved. He said, also, you'll bring forth fruit. I believe the people of God that are trying to walk for God, right? I'm not saying there's any perfect Christians. What I am saying is there are people that are trying. They are giving themselves every day for the work of God. And he said, when you do that, you'll bear fruit. And isn't that what Jesus said for us to do, is to bear fruit? He said, you'll bear fruit, but also, he said, your leaf, right? Look at the leaves outside, what's happening to them? They're shriveling up. They ain't even pretty this year. They're shriveling up, and pretty soon within next month, they'll all be on the ground. But what did he say about the Christian? He said, your leaf will never wither. I don't know about you. That's pretty exciting, right? So whether I'm one or whether I'm a 100, if I am in Christ, my leaf never withers, right? That's the reason that the old people are just as important as young people, right? You You can't make one better than the other. They are all the... Children of God, their leaf will never wither. And he said, whatever they do will prosper. It will prosper. If God's in it, it will prosper. It'll be to the blessedness of your own soul. But verse number four, the Bible said the godly are not so. Right? Let's make a clear distinction here. This isn't just one for all. What I'm talking about are the born-again believers of God who choose each and every day to live right, walk right, to try to live for Christ. You say, well, I, I didn't think it was a works. It ain't. What I'm telling you is, is your faith in Christ, as James said, will produce works for God. And Jesus said, let them see those good works that they might see they're of God and give God the glory. There's an important, there's an important message here. And, and, and we certainly believe in grace above everything else, but I can tell you right now, once you've been born again, there is a way that we are to walk. And the blessedness that comes for the soul is in walking for him, not away from him. Verse number four, the ungodly are not so, but he clearly says, they're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. You know what good chaff is? All right, I'm trying not to be offensive with my, result, my my answer here, but you know what good chaff is. What do they do with chaff? Anybody know what chaff is? I, I hope I'm not, right? You got the wheat and they put that on the threshing floor and they crush that kernel and the outer part reveals that, that seed, that that kernel of wheat and which one do they save? They save, they save the wheat. What do they do with that outward chaff part? Is does it have any any usefulness? No. Hear me. The psalmist David said, The wicked are not like the believer. They are like the chaff, which the wind catches and simply blows away as if there was no account for them at all. I don't know about you, but I would rather get in the way that says, a tree planted like the by the rivers of water shall not be moved. I'd rather be in that position where the leaf never withers, and we always bear fruit, and that there is, there is something always bringing us nearer to him. The ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. They have no spiritual usefulness, and as far as God is accounting, they're not his. They're not his. Therefore, verse number five, as we close, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Well, if you're not standing, what are you doing? Falling. You're falling. If you cannot stand in the judgment, you fall in the judgment. How many understand that everybody's going to be judged? Lost and saved are going to be judged. The ungodly will not stand in the judgment. Now, to the sinner, friend, there's no hope in the judgment. But to the saint of God, to the child of God today, there is hope. Why? Because in that judgment, the record will be kept. And yet what ultimately is what's deciding whether you get in or not? Jesus, and so Jesus, our mediator, has written our name in that place. All the ungodly are not so, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Verse 6, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Come get us home. The Lord knows both. He knows today those that are in need. He knows those that are righteous and he knows those that are unrighteous. God knows them both. The question today is which are you? Where do you stand with God? I'm going to say it the way they used to say it. You need to get right. If your heart's not right with God, friend, you're, you're excluding yourself from the blessedness of having joy and contentment of heart. And I tell you right now, if you don't have joy and contentment of heart, you don't have anything. Everybody understand? I've been there, right? I know what it feels like to have the hand of God heavy upon me. I know what it feels like to be under conviction because I ain't been living right. And I'd just soon live right than I would experience that. Oh, the blessedness of walking for God. You say, well, it doesn't really matter. It does matter. What David understood was that it mattered a great deal. It mattered to the point that we need to understand what not to do and we need to understand what to do. It mattered to the point that that he said that the ungodly are like that, not the godly. The people of God are to walk for God and to live for God. And listen, if you'll do that, you'll find that the joy you're looking for, it's in that life. It's in that daily walking. It's in that daily giving yourself to Christ. Will you be perfect? Not one of you. But do you have an advocate with the Father? Yes. Amen. That's what Psalms 32 was about. We have, if we'll confess our sins, he'll forgive us. But then we have to get right back at it. Right? We have to get right back up and we have to go right back the way that he has given us to go. And in that you'll find joy and contentment for the part that matters the most. The heart, right? Peace of mind. But you'll not find it living for the world, living for the enemy. You'll not find it acquiescing to the counsel of the world or standing in the ways that they stand in. You'll not find it any way other than following Jesus Christ as your Savior, as we stand to sing. I don't know how to give you an invitation perfectly, but I can tell you this, that if you're not right with God, as a child of God, you'll know that. If you're not right with God, you know that. Because the Holy Spirit reveals that to a man. And if the Holy Spirit has revealed to you that you're not right, then what's your options? You can either get right and experience the forgiveness of sin and the blessedness of living for Christ, or you can walk out of here just as miserable as you walked in. You can't have one without the other. You've got to make an honest and a personal decision to say, you know what, I'm tired of living this way. I know Jesus died for me. I know his blood is sufficient to cover all my sins. But here I am walking like I don't know him, living like I don't know him. My life doesn't reflect the lordship of Jesus Christ in me. And therefore, I'm not right with God. I'm not right. You can get right today. You can get right. Confess your sin call upon Him. And He'll make you right. As we stand and sing, if you need the Lord, come on.